you never knew. Never knew. That was his power. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Back now and here we go again. Spread the word, tweet a shorty, tell a friend. The game changed, but I'm here to break a 10. Them boys play, but I'm here to make amends. Real talk. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. You are listening to episode 119, being recorded on Sunday night, October 29th. I am your host, Jared Mintz, and before I introduce today's guest, I just want to apologize for not getting an episode out last week. This was the first week in over a year and a half that an episode of the Relatively Speaking podcast wasn't recorded and published. As I was on vacation, I'll try not to let it happen again. Let's get back to today's show. Since you more than likely read, at minimum, the title of today's episode before pressing play, you already know and hopefully are excited about today's guest. With that said, he's still going to get the grand guest treatment for the most part. Joining me today is, legitimately, one of my best friends in the entire world. This fine-looking college basketball writer makes his debut with Patreon this week with the Unpaid Laborers Daily and Other Musings column, which can also be found at unpaidlaborers.com. Helping me discuss the first week of the NBA season and other shenanigans is former co-host of the Relatively Speaking podcast, Joe Nardone. Joe, welcome back. How the hell are you? I'm back, baby. I'm gone 12 episodes and you already missed one. That's unbelievable. Yeah. The place has gone to, to crap <laughs> since I forgot. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm so thrilled and pumped to be here. We talked about doing this for a little while. We didn't know what the, the time frame was supposed to be between me getting laid off and me coming back to do a guest spot. Um, and I'm super pumped. I've been listening to podcasts since you've been on your own. It's been fantastic. You have had great guests on, and uh, this is this is awesome. I know some of our our fans, air quotes, are pretty excited for this. So uh, hopefully we don't disappoint, and I don't curse too much. Hopefully I don't butcher the audio, Joe. You're fine to curse, like you mentioned. Uh, you know you don't have anybody that's going to yell at you for your performance today. This is right. I don't want to get you in trouble though. You know what I mean? Like because I come in like. Uh, like a vagabond, like a like a madman, just ready to start screaming vulgarities. I've already considered that. Like I'm sitting here thinking, is Joe going to sabotage me? Is that is that what's going to happen? You're like telling me, let's do bad tweets before we start recording, and I'm like, uh oh, he's going to have like tweets for all the editors at FanRag, and it's just going to be a disaster. But I'm I'm willing to take that risk. I've missed recording with you. It it feels like the good old days having you back on the show. And uh, you know, like you mentioned, it's funny. There was this grace period where it was like. But I just want you to come back on the show. I just want to, I just want to have you as a guest. But I, I don't know if I'm allowed to do it yet. But uh, we're going to take our chances. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit of fun along the way, and uh, we'll talk about sports and other things, which I guess is what we're here to do. But before we do that, <laughs> as custom, which was started by you yourself, anytime there's a guest on the show, we do five rapid fire questions. Joe, are you ready for your edition of rapid fire questions? I am. This feels like the upside down where I'm. Uh... Uh, going to be a victim of my own creation. Hey, I will try to keep the vines away from you. Let's let's try to keep the Stranger Things spoilers away. Also, Joe, easy peasy. easy peasy. Joe, I know you're done with the show. I got three episodes to go, and I'm going to finish them tonight. Let's do rapid fire questions. First question, Joseph. Joseph, worst pe- worst pizza topping in all of the land. Listen, you're trying to bait me to sign, say pineapple. <laughs> I've never had pineapple on a uh, pizza. I'm pretty scared to try new toppings on pizzas. Um, I guess the worst I've ever had was sausage. However, 
Um, I've only had pepperoni and chicken wing on my pizzas, topping and sausage. So my choices weren't great there, but uh, yeah, sausage. That's that's a bad take. It only it took one question. I've only, tried, I've only tried three different toppings: chicken wing pizza, pepperoni pizza, and sausage. I haven't had any other kind of pizza. Dude, get out there. Try try different toppings on your pizza. But we'll, we'll let that go. This next one is very much a Joe Nardone question. Fuck, marry, kill. Christina Christina Ricci, Marty Janetti, Christian Slater, FMK, pick them. Oh, man. Okay, well, I marry Ricci. This is this is easy because this that's a long-term thing. I can also boink her while married. Um, listen, Marty Janetti talked, kind of talked about sleeping with maybe his potential daughter. Uh, I'm going to have to kill him. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck Christian Slater. Why not? <laughs> there. Like, listen, man, Marty Jenny's part of my gimmick, my shtick, I guess you could say it. Your brand. I like him. And, uh, but he's, he's jumped the shark, man. He's, he's out of control. I am proud of you, Joe, that it took you until the year 2017 to admit that, that Marty Jannetty may have... him almost sleeping with somebody he thought was his daughter. Yeah, I would say that that'll do him in. All right, moving on. Joe, if you could shoot one song to the moon and never hear it again for the rest of your life, what would that song be? This is funny. I was at a Halloween party last night. Um, I have kids, so this is really going to alienate a ton of people. There's a band called The Wiggles, and they have a song called Big Red Bus. And uh, don't YouTube it. Your life will be ruined if you listen to the song. We walked into this Halloween party, which is for adults, mind you. Like, there's booze all over the place. People, like girls dressed up, like, you know, revealing. Guys dressed up disgusting. And the Big Red Bus with The Wiggles was playing when we walked in, and I almost wanted to die. So that, that song could go up to the moon. All right, follow-up question. What were you at your Halloween party last night? I was a vampire, which um, went over a little too well because like my I, I've been letting my hair grow out for about, not too long, but my hair grows quick. And uh, I couldn't get the hair slicked back like I wanted to be like a vampire, like a traditional vampire. So it was kind of, it was Christian Slater-ish. And uh, people thought I did that to be like a cool vampire. And the fact of the matter was my hair just got stuck like that. Cool vampire. Sounds about right. Very on brand for you. You're talking about being a parent, Joe. Next question. What is your best quality? I'm saying who my favorite kid is. I'll, I'll tell you off here, but not on here. I, I already know. We don't need to talk about that. What is, what is your best quality and your worst quality as a dad, Joe? My best quality is probably that I don't care about embarrassing myself with the kids, like to have fun with them, like if they want to play dolls or whatever. Like I have no shame in doing, because I have two daughters, doing girl things with them, even if that's in public. Uh, my worst quality is also I have no shame, so I also embarrass them in public. What is the latest, most embarrassing thing you've done to your girls in public? I My youngest daughter is five. She'll be six in December. She takes the bus to kindergarten. Um, I literally, um, because she said she was starting to get embarrassed by holding my hand, walking to the bus stop, so I carried her onto the bus and gave her a kiss in front of everybody. I mean, it sounded like she wanted you to do that. Well, she said, I think she was baiting. She was like, Oh, Dad, you know, I'm like five and, you know, acting all like an embarrassed. But, yeah, I, so I carried her onto the bus. Her bus, now, mind you, her bus only has, like, eight kids on it. And the bus driver somebody I actually know. So it wasn't, like, weird, like a stranger walking in. Except for the kids. It probably freaked them out. They're probably like, oh, why is Anthony's dad carrying her onto the bus and putting her on her seat and giving her a kiss? And screaming, I love you, Antoinette, as he walks off the bus. But, <laughs> yeah, that's the that, – that happened, like, last week. <laughs> good deal, man. You're a good dad. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Especially my kids. <laughs> All right, Joe, our last question. We are at the fifth question already. With Halloween taking place this week, who would win? Who would win a classic Survivor Series match between the team of Dr- Dracula, the Mummy, 
Dr. Frankenstein's monster because we're going to be correct and not call that monster Frankenstein. He's Dr. Frankenstein's monster. And the werewolf against the team, Joe, of Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, the murderer, not the comedian, and your boy Pennywise. Who wins this fight? I love this question because you did the era thing, which was great. I don't know. Did you see the new It yet? No, I didn't see it. My wife oh, really wants to. So fan- I, I won't spoil it for you, but it's fantastic. And the original, it, those the first team was actually in it. And they debated using the second team to be in uh, part of the scary part. But um, I'm, a, I'm a child of my era. Um, Freddy Krueger could get you in your dreams. Let's be honest, the mummy's kind of lame. The werewolf's just a big die that you can shoot with the silver bullet and he dies pretty quick. Um, I'm going to go with the modern team. Pretty easy. Interesting, but I mean, factoring in that this is a tag team style match, I don't know who Freddy Krueger is, you know, getting to fall asleep to actually do what he does. At the same time... That's a good point, too, but he does operate, in the, like, in Freddy vs. Jason, he was in the real world and held his own vs. Jason Voorhees, so he's pretty talented. This is a good point. I love that you referenced Freddy vs. Jason, arguably the worst movie ever made. I, I, listen, I, I low-key loved that movie when it came out. I thought it was, like, I was so... Like, listen, I'm not saying it's good. But, like, I'm, you got to remember, we're fresh off the heels of Jason X, and we're also Freddy's Dead. So that was a step above those movies. Sure. I will not I will not fight you on that. Jason X I also loved because I was a senior in high school when it came out. We skipped school to see it. And they mentioned Scranton, which is a neighboring city to where I live, um, ten minutes into the movie. And we all cheered. All seven people that were in the movie theater. <laughs> Big, big things, man. One of, one of the cool times it must have been to be from Scranton, I, I suppose. This is before The Office, you know what I mean? So our claim to fame was Jason X. <laughs> I could understand that. Yeah, the city I'm from never gets mentioned anywhere either. All right, Joe, let's let's move on. Thanks for answering those questions. Let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's definitely pivot. Let's segue. Too much of an inside joke for people not to remember. I don't know, man. If so, then we'll bring in the poppy. You don't get the show, but I, I hope everybody gets the pivot thing. Joe, let's pivot. I brought you on the show to talk about sports, kind of. Sports. Not, not really, but I mean, you're here. This is a sports show, so we're going to talk about sports a little bit. Uh, with that said, I mean, I wasn't around for the first week of the NBA season. I didn't do a show last week, as, as you called me out on, as I called myself out on. And uh, I think we got to talk about the NBA being back. Is that is that cool with you? Yeah, NBA back. NBA's back. All right. So to do this, I didn't want to like you know bring up teams and talk about this in a boring way that everybody else is talking about. In the rundown I sent over to you, I wanted to do something along the lines of see or no from highly questionable, buy or sell from PTI. You know the. True, false, yes. The stuff we've lined up with the podcast, which is rip off Dan Levitar. Correct. (laughs) Something along those lines. I mean, everybody has their own segment, its own name of that. I think our name for the show moving forward is going to be Lobsters or Unicorns. So Lobster lobster means true. Yes, this is real. (laughs) Unicorns are the opposite of lobsters. So There's no way you're going to be able to do this with a guest other than me. I don't think I'm ever going to do this again, Joe. And if I do, (laughs) I will probably cater it to their needs and their likings. But we're doing lobsters or unicorns. Why do you not force people to listen to the last podcast I did with you as an actual co-host where I explained the meaning of this stuff? Now we're doing like a... uh, uh, connection point like what's it like it's all in the same universe type of episode that's what i'm trying to do here i'm putting in some classic filmography in our uh, podcast here so You're really alienating non-old relatively speaking podcast fans maybe i'm Trey, Trey, who's definitely listening loves this um you jared mince fans only who have no idea who i am are probably like these guys are the weirdest people ever 
Joe, I've been doing the show for two months without you. I have bad news for myself. I don't think I've accrued much of a listening in that time without you with me. So maybe if I did, they'll go back. Maybe if I did, they'll go back. They'll listen to the old episodes. They'll get a hip with it. They'll be like, oh, this is a great show. Oh, it's great that it's just Jared's now because that Joe guy sucked. So we'll we'll get disappointed again. Right. I mean, yeah. So they'll think it sucks that I'm doing this episode. This is the outlier, guys. The good show is coming back next week. Don't you worry. I'm sorry. I, I ruined lobsters and unicorns. All right, Joe. I like it. Lobsters or unicorns? Kristaps Porzingis in the top five in the league in scoring this year. Lobsters. Um, listen, man, before the season, other people poised the question. I think I mentioned Trey before from the next wall, front of the program. Um, he said, like, what's the jump of production for Kristaps that's realistic? And I was like, I don't think there's going to be a huge jump. Because his numbers were pretty already insane from last year. And I've been wrong. Um, I think it kind of helps his counting stats that uh, the Knicks are a disaster otherwise. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I didn't know if you were ending there. Totally. No, no, no. I, I, that was kind of my thought there. Like, uh, I didn't want to just do trash Knicks talk my first show back. I mean, that's kind of why I poised this as the first question, so we could kind of trash the Knicks to start the show. But like you said, if there's one thing to be excited about for this team, I mean, now that Frank Nilakin has had a good game, maybe this changes a little bit, but it's Porzingis and him potentially taking this next step to superstardom. And I was kind of with you where we're talking about a guy who came into the season averaging, you know, like 16 points per game on his career, being a monster from three, shooting the ball well all over the place, and all of a sudden, you know, he's averaging 26.5 points per game through four games. We're not going to get in the, the Cavs game tonight before we record, obviously. But, you know, Porzingis has just been one of the best scorers in the league. He's currently fourth in, in the standings of points per game. And there's nobody else to score the ball on this team. I mean, the Knicks threw all this money at Tim Hardaway Jr. during the se- during the offseason, so he'd be a big scorer. Surprise, surprise, it's not working out for them yet. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to overreact to, like, four games and say, see, he's not going to be good for four years because he sucks for four games, but you know this just this season looks like it's setting up for Chris Depps to take all of the shots and to score all of the points. They need to get the walking bucket more minutes. I mean, that would kind of put a killing on Kristaps Porzingis averaging like 35 points a game, but um, he still averaged like 26, and walking bucket could get 25, and you'd have two guys putting up monster numbers for uh, no reason because the Knicks aren't good. I think Michael Beasley, 25-point-per-game scorer, is unicorn. I don't think that that could happen. How many shots a game does he need to take to score to average 25 points? Honestly, I'm being honest here. I'm not even trying to joke about it. Uh, 15? Wow. Joe, that's that's high praise for, for Michael Beasley here. I'm giving him, I mean, I'm having him shoot roughly 50% from the floor, making like three threes and going to the free throw line a little bit. All right, you heard it. I wouldn't say even here first. Michael Beasley said it first, but you heard it here second. Michael Beasley, 15 shots a game. I, I am a Michael Beasley homer, so like I'm totally biased on this. Michael Beasley homer, Joseph Neron, that is a lobster. Um, so I can't be objective. Objectivity with Michael Beasley is a unicorn. I dig it. I'm happy about that. All right, my next question for you. Lobster or unicorn? The Cavs aren't going to be great this year. Uh, unicorn. Um, I mean, I, great or good? Great. I wrote good in the rundown. Okay, let's right. change that to good, to great. Okay, to great. Then that's a lobster. Um, listen, you added Derek Rose, who probably should be at the G League. Um, wow. Isaiah Thomas is hurt. I don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. Dwayne Wade isn't good. Or, not, I don't say he isn't good. He's not who, you know, he's not Dwayne Wade anymore. Um, it might have been a downgrade going from him to, like, from him from Richard Jefferson. 
Ooh. Uh, well, just it brings a little more to the, I mean, listen. Dwayne Wade shooting line two pointers isn't great, even if he's shooting them well. Um, if he was able to step the foot back and make three pointers, he'd be so much more valuable at this point. But he can't. Um, so I don't think they're gonna be great. I still think they're the best team in the East. Um, I don't think the top of the East is that good this year. Um, obviously, Gordon Hayward going down with Boston kills Boston, and I do expect Toronto to make like a a relative jump in being better, but nowhere near as good as Cleveland. But I still, like if Cleveland was in the West, I'd have them like fourth. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you would call the fourth team in the West great. You know what I mean? So that's how I'm trying to rationalize it, I guess. No, that that's fair, and I I think it's fair to question how good this Cavs team is going to be. I think them being great is definitely a unicorn. They're going to be good. You're not going to put LeBron James on a team and not expect them to be good. I mean, Kevin Love is balling out also. There's still a lot of guys who have been with them through their finals trips over the last couple of years. But defensively, I mean, they struggled defensively last year, and that was where people were worried. And so far, they're a bottom five defense this year, too. And like you mentioned, you know, you have Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade out there for more minutes next to LeBron. These aren't exactly guys that compliment LeBron. And... When they're not playing, it's almost scarier because then it's like, okay, I guess I guess we got to get Jose Calderon on the court if he feels up to playing today. And it's just, I don't see how they're going to be great. Sure, part of this is Isaiah Thomas not being healthy right now. I mean, I, I love the Jay Crowder pickup. I just don't know. The Jay Crowder pickup's huge. Yeah, that's great. It's just, and he's somebody, he's like a three. He can shoot threes. It's just, I don't know, man. Adding Derrick Rose to any formula of the winning teams would be a thing. Sure, sure. And I mean, we don't know if he's going to be able to be healthy this year, too. If his role is literally just to come off the bench and get buckets for them, I mean, he he could be Michael Beasley for you, I guess, and, you know, score relatively efficiently if he's just taking the ball to the basket. But if you're saying, all right, now stand next to LeBron and help this offense, you know, accelerate and, you know, be a spot-up three-point shooter, and oh yeah, make sure you can guard the point guard relatively adequately, I mean, you're not getting any of that from him. Correct. 100%. And, um... Well, I'm glad you did bring up Kevin Love, too, because like it really is LeBron, then Kevin Love, then kind of feels like a, a pretty monumental drop-off. I don't think they, they have like a big three anymore. I mean, obviously, they don't have a big three. Well said. Well said. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, we're just going to be doing this all year, talking about if the Cavs are good or not. They're going to rip off 12 straight wins at some point over the next month or two, and we'll stop talking about it for a little bit. But I think this year, more than years past, there's definitely reasons to be concerned. Still going to win the East, though. <laughs> I would right now bet my money on that too. Speaking of the favorites for conferences, let's move across town, or I guess across the country, or I don't even know. That was a bad pivot, Joe. Bad bad pivot. Joe, unicorn or lobster? Lobster or unicorn? The Memphis Grizzlies are good this year. I want to say lobster. I so, because I love Dylan Brooks. I I kind of like, it feels like this is like Memphis 2.0 rebuilding all over again. It's like the same monster it already was defensively um i just i can't i just can't do it so i'm gonna have to go unicorn um i i I, with the with the caveat like give me 20 more games and maybe i'll have a stronger opinion on it either way sure i i think that that's fair to say i mean the good thing with this team though is you look at what they're doing well and they're one of the best defensive teams in the league so far which is kind of what you would expect a team that's anchored by marcus all and mike conley to be just you look at the pieces kind of in the middle there and like you mentioned you know, Dylan Brooks and, and Jarrell Martin are like fourth and fifth on this team in minutes played. And it's just hard to find that, you know, as a recipe for a team for success. So I, I do think the Grizzlies being good this year is is a unicorn. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up being good. I mean, they won't keep this pace where they, they've won five of the first six games of the season. Like, they're not going to be that good this year. Yeah, they're not going to be like 73. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to win 70 games, guys. Hot take. Uh, I just, you know, like you said, we want this team to be good. This does feel like a little bit of a rebuild, but they still have these two really good players in their prime. I just don't see where they can fit in near the top of the Western Conference. I have a question for you. Marcus Hall, Hall of Famer. Oh, goodness. That's really tough. I mean, I think... I feel like we underappreciated him early, especially during, like, like the Zach uh, Randolph era, where, like, we felt like, you know, like, it's Zebo, Memphis, and all that stuff. And now I feel like we're kind of starting to see it, like, going back to last year, too, where, like, he's been good for a long time, and I kind of feel like I want to put him in the Hall of Fame. He has been very good for a long time. I, I just don't know. I don't know that he's won anything meaningful enough, and he's been on good teams, and I don't mean to well, be— Dwight Howard's a Hall of Famer, don't you think? Dwight Howard's definitely a Hall of Famer, but he also willed his team to a finals, and he was the best player on a team that played in conference finals, and we just we haven't seen Marcus All do that. And I don't mean to do the rings thing, because like, that's just not— rings. Don't right. forget, the basketball Hall of Fame is the basketball, so like, his Olympic play— actually counts absolutely definitely Which benefits i think a lot of the non-domestic players do you know what i mean because they have great resumes resumes outside the nba sure yeah i i would agree with that i just don't know that he's great enough to be in the hall of fame i mean people don't like to say chris bosh is a hall of famer and he's without a doubt a hall of famer and like you said dwight howard sometimes doesn't get the benefit of the doubt so That's true. i think it's weird yeah it's weird and i think the center position because everybody wants to be like the center to be Shaq, and it's just not Right. I mean, Marcus Hall's been great. I wouldn't argue against anybody who said he's the best center of the last five years. He's definitely in that conversation. I just don't know that that's enough to propel him into the Hall of Fame. It's weird. I almost want that whole, Mem- like, the core Memphis team, like him, Randolph, Mike Conley Jr. I almost want them all in the Hall of Fame, even though, like, there's no reason to put them all in there. They're going to go down as that team who everybody appreciated, and they just couldn't get over the hump because they played in such a ridiculous era in such a ridiculous conference, but uh, it's hard not to like them. They're, like, the cool version of the 90s Utah Jazz. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Maybe not as good. Utah Jazz were lame. I mean, let's be honest. Karl Malone. What a lame all he is. Guy's the worst. Nobody likes Carl Malone. Hard to like Carl Malone. It's funny, though, that, that I feel like this is a great segue into the next question I had for you because this team kind of has that feel of a team that just wasn't able to get to the next step. Maybe they're rebuilding. A guy who's sort of comparable to Carl Malone. The Los Angeles Clippers. Joe, lobster or unicorn? The Clippers are going to be good this year. Uh, <sighs> unicorn? Um... I'm not going to do the addition by subtraction thing. That's Chris Paul. Um, I like Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul's good. I don't care what people say about Chris Paul. Um, I don't think they're going to be able. I mean, like, yeah, they'll make the playoffs and they'll still get knocked out in the first round. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, that that might be fair. I mean, I guess my question and my thinking of good winds up being where they finish the season. Are they a team that's going to host a playoff series? Are they, you know, a team that's going to fight to get into the playoffs? I don't think a lot of people had them as a lock for the playoffs heading into the season, and they're off to one of the best starts in basketball. There's a lot more talent, I feel like, on this team than a lot of people wanted to to recognize. It's tough losing Chris Paul and J.J. Redick, but at the same time, I mean, they brought back guys that are good, guys that were ready to play. It's not like they, they lost everybody and got stuck starting, you know, Dylan Brooks and Jarrell Martin, who are good, good, good players, but, you know, it's easier when you have a Pat Beverly who could slide right in, and Lou Williams is ready to play, and... Joseph Nardone doppelganger, Milos Tadosic played for a couple games. I mean, there's there's talent on this team, and Blake Griffin is still really, really good. 
I think that's fair. Um, it's just, so like this, like the Clippers for me always fall in this category where I probably take for granted how good they actually are. So I just expect them to be at a certain place, but then I also expect them to fail at a certain spot. So like, there's not really an up or down for me. It's just like they're the Clippers, and I know that's like not a great take to have on like a, a podcast. Like I feel like the Clippers fall in that category. Um, the Raptors kind of fall in that category, although I do actually expect the Raptors to be better this year. But like certain teams fall in a category where I'm like, yep, they're going to make the playoffs. Yep, they're also not that great. Sure, no, it makes sense. I mean, there's a difference between being good, really good, and great. And I think that the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, you just don't see them having that championship ceiling. Correct. That's perfect. That's, you put, always, as always, you put things better than me. Oh, thanks, man. Speaking of speaking of high ceilings, Joe, right now, Giannis. Is Giannis Antetokounmpo the MVP of the NBA? Lobster. And it's going to be I'm, – I'm, I'm making the take here now. I'm, it's not even November yet. He's going to be the MVP because Steph and Durant cancel each other out. LeBron's just not going to put up gaudy numbers because that's the way his career is going to go. And Kawhi Leonard is going to be off and on hurt again, and I don't know who else could possibly win it. So it's going to be Giannis MVP 2017-18 season. Yeah, I mean, right now he kind of like beyond just having the opportunity to put up crazy stats, he looks like the most dominant player in the NBA. He's just he's insane the the way he can carry a team. And look, the Bucks the Bucks have talent around him. It's not like the Bucks are, are slouches. He's just Malcolm Brogdon, baby, taking the next step. And I'm being serious, he's good. He's good. Our boy Thon McCurr. I just called him by his yeah, right name. He's figured it out, too. Like, I let, Thon's figured it out. Yeah, Thon. They're like a lengthy team, man. Because Malcolm Bryden has wingspan, too. Like, they're, like if you line the, 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 like their top eight guys up and they just held each other's hands, I think they'd, like, circle the globe. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you're so tall and lengthy. Dude, I, I know I'm all about it. When I had our buddy uh, Nikias on the other day, we were talking about this team as a team that has the opportunity to really slide into the top of the Eastern Conference. I love Chris Middleton. He's another one of these long guys who could shoot, defend. And again, you have Giannis who just ties it all together. The one guy who I think actually does challenge him this year, you know, funny you kind of wrote him off, LeBron, LeBron's efficiency with the numbers he's putting up is just unbelievable. Again, we're talking about six games, but he's averaging 26 points, 8.8 rebounds. I'm sorry, 8.8 assists and seven rebounds a game, shooting 60% from the field, 43.5% from three. It's hard to expect LeBron to keep that up as a 33-year-old in his 15th season in the NBA. But, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see LeBron just walk away with another MVP. Maybe there are a couple of years where there was voter fatigue about wanting to give it to him. But it does look like Giannis is kind of that breakout player who poses the biggest threat to LeBron now that James Harden has to share his shine with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook has to share his with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. I think it's kind of, kind of looking like it could be a Giannis year. Yeah, I, you did bring up a good point. I, I didn't mean to write up LeBron like that. I also don't like that Cleveland has him playing true point guard more often. Like, let's not use LeBron's energy at point guard in October. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do think, like, but the thing with LeBron, like, maybe he gets, like, the, hey, like, your career is almost over. Like, your peak career is almost over. We'll give you one last MVP before you go. But, uh, like, it's going to be Giannis's world until Ben Simmons rises back up. And, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, I can't wait for G- it's gonna be Giannis versus Ben Simmons for a decade, baby, and I, I love it. I love it. Two just weirdly lengthy guys that could do pretty much everything. I'm here for this. The NBA is in such a good place. It's been in a good place for like ten years, and it's still in a great place. Like LeBron James is, I guess, like like he's still at his peak, right? So like I don't want to say like oh he's done. But, like in the next two or three years, he's gonna be gone, and or at least not who he is now. 
and because I know he said he wants to play with his son, which is awesome. Um, but like, if you have all these guys, like you have Ben Simmons, you have the whole Sixers team, you have you have all the Bucks. I mean, like it's the NBA. It's a really random take, but the NBA is in such a good place, and they have all these. Like, I don't. I hate using the unicorn as a way to describe people. Um, because we like Christos was a unicorn, this guy was a unicorn, blah blah blah. But uh, there's so many guys that like where they're like six eleven or seven feet tall or bigger, running around, shooting threes, jumping over human beings, not being like those slow plotting centers like Travis Knight from the Lakers, and, the, and I believe he was also a member of the Knicks for a short period of time. They're seven <laughs> feet, they can barely move. Now all these guys, like it's the normal thing, like Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony, like all these seven footers, it's normal. Like we've grown already used to and expecting these seven footers to be as athletic and dynamic as guards yeah like we lost our shit when we had kevin garnett and rasheed wallace right. doing this and now like everybody does it it's like a pre-wack like joel Embiid is like the biggest guy in the nba and this dude is the most nimble player in the league <laughs> right like we almost i feel like i feel like we take it for granted right like this one night it'll be like oh my god joel Embiid's crazy and the next time ben simmons is crazy then it's chris Tops, then it's giannis and it's like is anybody gonna take a minute here to be like we're never going to have a six-foot player in the NBA again. <laughs> like, we're pretty pretty soon, like, there's going to be just Giannis all over the league. They're going to have to make the rims, like, 15 feet high just to contain this, to contain the game. It's, uh, it's insane. I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Sixers hopefully being able to put out a lineup with Simmons, Saric, Embiid. Maybe Jalil Okafor gets in there. I don't know. I don't know if he's an NBA player. And whoever else is tall on that team, it could be Robert Covington. I think we were talking about, you know, Nerlens Noel however long ago. There's just... We're not that far away from a, a lineup with all guys that are six nine and taller. And uh, the Bucks are close. Like the Bucks are like I know Brogdon's not six nine, but his wingspan's crazy. Like the Bucks are honestly close. They they are close. All right, it's it's fun talking about the Bucks and them potentially winning the East. But let's get back to last season's Eastern Conference champions, Joe Lobster, and that was regular season champion. Just to be clear, <laughs> Joe Lobster, a unicorn. The Celtics defense is better this year than last year. Oh man! So I got pre- I haven't watched enough Celtics games, but I'm gonna just say unicorn because they have Kyrie Irving and Jay Crowder's guy. That's my thoughts. I haven't. I've seen one game of the Celtics this year. It was the game when Gordon Hayward broke his leg in 900 pieces. So uh, I don't have like great, great, strong opinions on this. I'm just gonna say if you add Kyrie and you lose Jay Crowder, your defense is worse. Even though Jalen Brown, from the game I saw and from like some of the things I've seen, uh, he looks to have been make. Even though he's inconsistent offensively. He appears to be becoming a man on the defensive end of the floor. A man. I like that you a man. I like that you did that. Uh yeah, I mean look, they lose Avery Bradley and they lose Jay Crowder and you I bring Avery Bradley too. Avery Bradley's so underrated. Right, and you know, you bring back Kyrie Irving and this team that hasn't necessarily played together and all these young guys are, are big rotation players, but hey, the the Terry Rocher movement appears to be happening in front of our own eyes. I know, so spooky. He's good. I mean, you should have listened to Danny Ainge. <laughs> He he's good. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much credit I can really give here, but uh, Aaron Baines looks like a player. He's really long for them, and he's he's Thies guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dale Thies is a player. Jason Tatum. I have a question for you: Like, you ever watch a game? And I had this when I saw Thies the other night. Like, I was flipping through the channels and I saw Thies playing, and I go like, "Where did? Where is he from? Like, like what? Ha- like, all of a sudden he's there. Like, I had that moment with Thies. <laughs> like, do you ever get that watching an NBA game? Like. I don't think I've ever heard of this guy. I'm sure I've heard of him. Like, I, I just blanked on him completely, and I had no idea who he was, and I had to go down the Google machine to find out what the heck he was. I'm not going to lie. It's happened to me a little more than I'm comfortable with these last couple years in the NBA. But, uh, yeah, he's another one. When they signed him, I was like, who the hell is this guy? 
Why are we all talking about Abdel Nader? Who who are these guys? Who are these guys? I know Abdel Nader. Oh, well, see, I'm a Colin, so like I know who he is. But yeah, right. I mean, and Shane Larkin's back on this team. I I think that it's I think it's a unicorn that their defense is going to be better this year than last year. But got to give credit where credit's due, and that's what we're doing after a week and a half. They have the number two defensive rating in the NBA at 95.1 points per 100 given up. Last season they gave up 105.5. So I mean. They're on their way to being better. I'm just surprised. I'm surprised that these guys are all playing well. And I wanted to look at the schedule to say, oh, maybe it's just because they played nobody. Because I know they they trounced the Knicks a few nights ago. But it's not like they're beating up on nobody. I mean, the, the Celtics' defense looks good. I'm still not believing it. Still calling it a unicorn. You guys could fight me in my mentions. You know how to do that. Yeah, fight them. Punch them in the gut. Punch me in the gut. Speaking of gut punches, let's talk about Carmelo Anthony's new team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Joe, lobster or unicorn? The Thunder are going to have to fight to make the playoffs this season. Uh, unicorn. I mean, they'll have to play hard sometimes, but, I mean, there's just too much talent on that roster. I know that and you might have guys trying to make it here and there, like take turns on who's there. There's just too much talent there, and... I don't expect like the bottom of the West to be like all of a sudden bubbling up to be fighting for the eight and seven speed. Um, I don't think they're necessarily good. I laughed at all those people that I thought they were going to be like actual threats in the West, but I don't think they're going to be like clawing for the seven or eight seed at the end of the season. I think they'll be fine being the six, seven, eight seed. The thing that scares me though is, I mean, the bottom of the conference, like just just thinking that you know the Warriors, the Spurs, and the Rockets are the royalty of the West. They're going to finish in the top three in, in some way, shape, or form. And then you still have the Clippers, you have the Grizzlies, you have the Blazers, you have the Jazz, you know, and then you have the Pelicans, the Wolves, the Nuggets. There's just, there's all these good teams that I wouldn't right. be... Do you, do you buy the Pelicans, the Nuggets, or the Wolves? No, I... I <laughs> the Wolves. My, my bad audio production here isn't going to get that out as funny as it was, so I'm apologizing right now. But I promise... Joe said something funny. You could ask anybody. It was really funny. You could ask anybody. You know what they tell you, Jared? What would they tell me? That's the funniest thing they've ever heard on the podcast. Maybe not. Maybe. Um, back to whatever we're talking about. I don't necessarily buy that these teams are better than the Thunder. I just don't know that I buy that the Thunder are even in the middle of this conference in terms of good teams. I don't think that they're... I don't think they're a good team, but I do think I think they're, they fall comfortably in that 6-8 spot. I don't think like it'll be like the last month of the season. We're going to be like, oh man, are the Thunder going to make the playoffs? This could just be one of those seasons, though, where you get a team that wins, you know, 46 games and can't make the playoffs. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of those teams is the Thunder. I'm going to say Unicorn for this, too. Again, I'm with you that there's enough talent, that it's enough of a fit, that, you know, even just Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Melo together with the defensive guys they have around them, like, how does that team not comfortably get into the playoffs? I just I worry. What if what if the Pelicans take a step? What if Denver takes a step? What if the Jazz are really good? Everybody wants the Wolves to be good, and then you have these other teams. Like every, every, every year the Wolves are supposed to be good, and every year they're not. Yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is really struggling defensively, and as many good offensive players as they have on this team, until they can play defense, you're not going to win out west. So that's really my point, though. Is you have all these solid teams that I just don't know if it's a shoe in, but let, let's. Let's hope that it is so I don't have to hear anything about Carmelo Anthony. Sticking with what I'm talking about here, Joe, lobster or unicorn, is this the year the Pelicans make the playoffs? I guess that's not really a good way to ask that question. The Pelicans will make the playoffs this year, lobster or unicorn? Unicorn? Um, uh, I, I don't really know how, what, like, I guess because Boogie Cousins is there now for an extended period of time. 
I don't really love the guys on that roster. They're not very deep, I don't think. Um, relative to, like, you know, everybody else in the West. Um, I just don't see how this works. Like, hey, let's double down on the the big man that could do a few different things. And also, one of them has a habit of getting thrown out of games. And I'm a DeMarcus Cousins guy. So, like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti-boogie. I just don't see, like, how are they supposed to be better than... Like, like the Nuggets, who I consider a fringes playoff team, I guess. Uh, I don't know what necessarily makes them better than the Nuggets. I mean, yeah, again, I think it comes down to their top-end talent and having Boogie and, and Anthony Davis. I don't know. It's funny, too, because, like, you know, Joe, we're talking about all these big guys who could do so many different things, and maybe it gives you an advantage having a couple of big guys that just punish everybody in the post, but... That's not what these guys do. These aren't necessarily big guys who just create these crazy mismatches by being bigger than everybody. These are big guys who are partially finesse, who are you know very skilled, who do a lot of their playmaking on the perimeter, and they don't have any wings that could do that. So it's not like you have this advantage having a big who could shoot playing pick and roll with guards that could shoot. I mean, you have... Well, you have Ian Clark. <laughs> no, you're right, Joe. They do have Ian Clark, who is your favorite player in basketball and has been known to to knock down a three, but besides that, I mean, their big off-season splurge was, like, Tony Allen, you know, and Ray John Rondo, who doesn't, who doesn't... Well, I, I, listen, I, the roster's not good. Like, I know, like, the top end, like, we, like, I totally get it, like, he's Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, you want to be like, yeah, that's a great starting point, and it is a great starting point. Then what, like, Frank Jackson getting minutes? Josh Smith got some minutes last night, I think, for this team. Yeah, Josh Smith. Just found out right now he's still in the league. Same. Same. Josh Smith, I had the, the Daniel Thies uh, reaction when I saw Josh Smith in the NBA last night. How'd this guy get here? Uh, I, I, too, am calling this a unicorn. It just sucks, man. I don't know how Anthony Davis is going to keep missing the playoffs, but like I'm saying with the Thunder, I don't see where these open spots are in the Western Conference for teams that just aren't slam-dunk teams to make the playoffs. I don't see it. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. And they're going to... The Pelicans are... Like, I know they tried. Um, I... I wrote in the offseason when I was still at Fanrag about Buddy Heald making the jump, and I think he is going to do it for this or for Sacramento. They're going to regret trading him. Um, although, like, it's not really fair because they wouldn't have Boogie without trading Buddy. But uh, they really could use, like, I'm not, like, I joke around with Ian Clark, and I do think he's a really valuable player in the NBA and stuff like that, but he's not, like, a creative, dynamic guard in the NBA. He's really good with people around him to help him be open to shoot. Um, they need somebody that can their own shot that's not seven feet tall yes they they definitely do i'm big on shivano healed as well our buddy buddy i'm not really big on him at all but he he looks good with the sacramento team that kind of just has a, a very nice roster for him with veterans and decent point guards that can get him the ball which when he got traded after that trade like people like people it was weird people gave up on buddy Hill real quick and i get it because he was an old like he was an upperclassman and usually like if you're like malcolm Brogdon came in the league he was an upperclassman. He made an immediate impact. Shavano Hill did not, our friend Buddy. But, like, after that trade, he put up really good numbers, and they were efficient numbers. Yes, he's not great defensively. Yes, he's not super athletic. However, he's going to be another dude, like, in five or six years, where I'm like, oh, like, yeah, he's not a super, like, he's not going to be a superstar. But he's going to be, like, J.J. Redick-ish, where he's just going to be that dude that's in the league for a long time, shooting really, really efficiently who hopefully could involve his game like J.J. Redick did, which J.J. became a little bit more of an all-around player. For sure. Definitely going to be serviceable, or at least he should be serviceable. If you find him on a good team, it'll be even better. Keep your eyes on Buddy. But yes, we're both 
we're both unicorning the Pelicans in the playoffs, and I don't know how it came into a Buddy Heel tangent, but sorry, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just hate how we get we give it like we give up on dudes too quick in the NBA. Like when they're like, I understand Buddy was a, an upperclassman. He wasn't like twenty nine years old. Yep, fair. I didn't like him just because I felt the expectations were a little too high. No, we're, Joe, we're not doing this. I don't know why I just gave in to you. And you're I not, You're not going to call him the next Steph Curry? I'm not going to call him anything. I mean, people did call him the next Steph, which upset me. They didn't call him the next Steph Curry. But I'm upset that we're even still having this conversation, let alone what anybody else is doing. This is just me, you and I having this conversation. Is no, no more. No more, buddy. All right, let's move on to something more meaningful. Lobster or unicorn? The Orlando Magic are going to be good this season. Unicorn. It's unicorn every season. Orlando was supposed to be good nine years ago. Then they weren't. Then they rebuilt. Then they were supposed to be good the year after that. And then they weren't. Then they rebuilt. They're always supposed to be good. Then they rebuilt. So, I told you this prior to the draft. I was like, they need to draft Jonathan Isaac. Because Jonathan Isaac's like the Orlando Magic. Two years away from being two years away from being rebuilding. Wow. I mean, I just think that they are rebuilding. They finally have a good coach. They're always rebuilding. They are always rebuilding. That's what happens when you're... Tobias Harris, right? They had him a couple years ago, and it was like, there it is. They got it. And then, nope. And then, like, M. Fournier, there he is. They got it. Nope. And they're just going to keep going through this cycle where they find these guys that nobody really cared about. They put up gaudy numbers, and everyone's like, yep, they figured it out. Here's this guy they had that puts up big numbers. And then the rest of the team is crap. I mean, look, to their credit, Aaron Gordon does look to be a player all of a sudden this year, and it looks like they might have some guys around him that are solid. Fournier is a good role player. They just It hasn't ever looked like there's a star on this team or anybody that has potential to be a star, but when you're well-coached and you have guys who are solid players and not everybody is you know one year removed from being a college player, I don't... I don't see it being like I don't see this being fake that they're kind of playing well to start the season. I don't think that they can possibly keep this up. I mean, right now they have the second best offensive rating in basketball. I cannot imagine that a a DJ Augustin Terrence Ross team is going to wind up having that that good of an offensive rating on the season, but I mean, they just they've been fun, they've been winning, and I believe in Frank Vogel. So I think I could just put it that way. I believe in Frank Vogel. But you like you don't think they're, like, good, good. You think, they're like, they're good, interesting moving forward. Yeah, I don't think this is, like, every now and then you get a team that nobody expected to be good. It's just all of a sudden crazy good. The last one... First year Brad Stevens with the Celtics. No, I mean, that team wasn't crazy good. They kind of snuck into the playoffs, but everybody thought they were going to be dog shit, so they super... They were supposed to tank that year. Right, they, they were supposed to tank, and they wind up getting into the playoffs. I'm thinking more like the 2005 Seattle Supersonics, which, look, this team had Ray Allen and... Rashawn... Your listeners don't even know who the Seattle Supersonics are. <laughs> this, team had, this team had Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis on it, and nobody thought they were going to be good. I think they wound up having the second-best record in the conference that year. This this team doesn't have those kind of players on it. There isn't there isn't anybody as good as those guys on this team. But I'm just saying, every now and then you get a team who nobody even expected to compete for a playoff spot that you know wins 45 to 50 games. And uh, yeah, I'd be you have the magic in the playoffs. No, I'd be surprised as shit if they win 45 <laughs> to 50 games. This is a unicorn. This isn't a good team. Right. I'm gonna deny it all season long. All right, good. I it felt like you were going lobster here. Like everything you said was lobster, 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 and then. All right, good. I want to believe it. That's why I want to believe it. And again, I believe in Frank Vogel. I believe in good coaching. And I think he might have the guys that are just fitting what he does or what, you know, he wants to do with these guys. Like, it seems to be a good fit, what he's doing and the players he has. They just, on paper, these aren't guys that are historically good. And I mean, yeah, no, def definitely a unicorn for me. All right. 
All right, Joe, before we wrap this up and get into the rookies, I want to ask you one more question. This is not lobster unicorn formatted. Who's one team that you're most intrigued by after the first week of the season? The Sixers. Um, maybe I'm biased because I live in Pennsylvania. Um, ben Simmons seems really special. Embiid, when he's healthy, is special. Uh, Dario still seems like, man, I was so high on Dario. and like I know he's not great, but he's still good. Um, I know we're going to touch on Marquez Fultz in a couple minutes, but so he's gone for a while. But like, man, like that, their their young nucleus is so good. Like, if if you just want to narrow it down just to Embiid and Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is going to be unfair. He's going to be kind of Giannis ish ish or whatever. Um, and there's so it's so exciting. It's actual optimism uh, in the process. Uh, I, I'm glad I trusted it. Yeah, I'm glad I trusted it too. And you know, I've been I've been there on Ben Simmons every step of the way. I mean, since the first time I saw him play, I said, and I I knew it was crazy hyperbolic, but you could just tell when you watch a guy play basketball if they could play or not. And the first time I saw Ben Simmons, I was like, damn, this guy looks like LeBron in the context of the game he's playing in, in that he's bigger, stronger, faster than everybody, and he has ball skills of a point guard. And it's just unfair when you get a guy who has that kind of package together and you know, all anybody wanted to do was bring these stupid, lazy narratives about Ben Simmons to the table because LSU didn't make the NCAA tournament, which mm-hmm. that's Ben Simmons' fault. I mean, the guy doesn't care about basketball. He doesn't like basketball. Brandon Ingram's going to be the next Scottie Pippen, Kevin Durant. So <laughs> so that means that Ben Simmons can't even be a service NBA player because Brandon Ingram can shoot threes. So obviously Ben well, Simmons... Put one down guy up, but prop the other one up. So <laughs> the Brandon Ingram people, you know... Them's the rules. That's just how this works. And by the way, this is this is Ben Simmons is a great uh, a great example of a guy. And like, I don't want to like just kick Johnny Jones while he's down. Johnny Jones, the former LSU coach, of a dude that like was clearly um, failed by his college coach who didn't put him in the correct position to succeed. Um, because LSU that year, like the year Ben Simmons was there, they actually had talent. Where it wasn't just Ben Simmons; they had other guys on that roster where they should have actually easily made the NCAA tournament. And that's not on any of those players. That's clearly on Johnny Jones. And I think you kind of see this with – and this is not an anti-Coach K thing. This is uh, how the college game kind of just is. Jason Tatum looks really, really good in the NBA. I think that's because the NBA does a better job of spacing the floor than college players do because a lot of college players can't shoot. So you're not getting that floor spacing, and that's why I get like Jason Tatum looks so much more athletic, I think, in the NBA than he did in college. Um, so I think sometimes, like, we look at the college game and we kind of forget, like, all that stuff that's happening in the middle of the court by the paint, it's that way, it's that ugly, it's that physical, because nobody respects anybody's jumper, because only, like, 10 guys <laughs> out of 3,000 players can actually shoot in college. No, that that's a really fair point, and I, I just, you know, that LSU team, it's funny you bring it up, they beat Kentucky that season, and Ben Simmons probably had the worst game of his season in that game. <laughs> so it wasn't like, yeah, they beat, they beat them because they had an NBA player, there was talent on that team. I just, I hate the way that, that Ben Simmons was, I don't even know the best way to put this, the, the revisionist history about him and kind of pretending that the things he did prior to being drafted didn't count, and then him being hurt and not necessarily being a star in his summer league, you know, rookie season may, meant he wasn't going to be a good NBA player. He's here, everybody knows it, everybody's buying it, and everybody's pretending they've been on board the whole time, which angers me, but it's fine. Let's just, let's all enjoy Ben Simmons as long as we can agree to, to enjoy Ben Simmons. I'm totally with you. And you're right, though. A lot of people are just acting as though they weren't one of those people trashing Ben Simmons coming out of high school, college. Um, again, Johnny Jones and Tim Quarterman, who was very good, and Antonio Blakely, 
I'm pronouncing Antonio's name wrong. But, uh, yeah, they had, like, five dudes that were legit good. Keith Hornsby was on that team. Yep. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, sometimes uh, it was, it's easy. Like, I know they did it with Mark House Fultz last year at Washington. Um, it's easy to be like, why aren't these guys winning if they're NBA players? But, like, the year before in Washington, um, uh, Lorenzo Romar had two NBA players that went, that one went in the lottery, the other one late first, and he didn't do well with them either. Sometimes the college coaches aren't good. Like, they're – like, listen, I'm not saying, like, those guys aren't good coaches. They just don't know how to maximize great talent when they got it. Absolutely. Who, who, uh, Marcus Chris and Deontay Murray? Is that who they yeah. were? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Like he had, Romar had a, a pretty great track record of landing tremendous talent and then just not doing anything with it. Johnny Jones kind of fell into Ben Simmons. Yeah. You know I mean, like, he didn't really, he wasn't like this great recruiter. Um, what's weird is Johnny Jones was kind of thought of as a decent coach before the Ben Simmons year. <laughs> yeah. And then he clearly fell apart after all that stuff. So it's weird. And it's funny that you bring that up because I think that that should help us transition into the next point. We'll move around the rundown I had a little bit. Joe, what's the deal with Markel Fultz, man? Well, we found out stuff that, you know, Philly doesn't apparently know how to do its medical evaluations that now they're no structural damage, but, you know, stuff's grown inside his body. <laughs> he has sca- scapular muscle imbalance in his right shoulder, to be technical about it. Well, it's funny, right? So like the, the first night they played... Um, People are like, oh, man, what's going on with his free throw shooting? I'm like, oh, this is weird. I'm like, some idiot got in his ear and told him to change his change his stroke because in college he was actually really efficient from three. And he was a pretty good uh, shooter from the free throw. Uh, the cherry stripe, whatever. I almost said something stupid there. Um, and I was like, well, somebody stupid got in his ear. Because he didn't, his, his shot in college was kind of low. So I was like, oh, maybe they're trying to get it higher. So, you know, like, a quicker release. So I was like, oh, maybe somebody got in his ear and they're trying to tinker it. And then, like, I started seeing, like, more of his games than him shooting. And I'm like, man, he's pushing the ball off with his hand. He's not right. There's something wrong here. Um, and then we find out that he's actually injured. And uh, the one they, they, they get rid of Sam Hinkie, who was great at making sure his injured players never played injured. And uh, good job, Brian Calangelo, who also tried to blame Marquette's faults for playing while injured. Yeah, it's just a mess. It's really bad. And it brings back, you know, that kind of old feeling of, is this guy even going to play this season? Are we going to have to wait until next season to watch Fultz play? And he's another one. It's kind of just been funny watching the narratives unravel over the last couple months where, you know, we're like, oh, this guy wasn't as good as everybody thought he was. No, he has a bad shoulder injury. And apparently the Sixers didn't really know enough about it so that we knew. And instead, all of the burden went on Markel Fultz being yeah. a bust, not being ready to be a number one pick. Couldn't lift his arm, <laughs> his shooting arm. Right, I, it's not going to be good. I don't know how you go from being a good shooter in college to forgetting how to shoot the basketball, unless the Monstars got him, which I didn't think was what happened. It just it's it's kind of it's crappy that it happened. I'm almost glad we got this clarity that it's an injury, and you know you just got to hope he'll be able to bounce back because in a loaded guard class, a loaded draft. I mean, this guy was the cream of the crop. Yeah, totally. And what's funny is while his shot was awful, um, he actually did it. Like they played him a lot of off ball before they, like, you know, decided, like, don't play injured guy. Um, he does – he sets screens really well for a guard, like, really well. And uh, he already looks decent on defense. So there's, like, despite the, the shot – and, like, now we have a reason to know why the shot was awful because he's hurt. Um, but everything else actually looked okay. So, like, I, I – I, even though the sample size was small and I was already high on him going – coming out of Washington, I actually feel better about him now. Yeah, I, I don't know that Why I feel- did he's, he's okay. You know what I mean? Help Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we haven't gotten to see as much of Fultz as we wanted to. 
But we've gotten to see quite a bit of Lonzo Ball, who maybe hasn't been playing the best basketball. Joe, what do you think of first week and a half of Lonzo Ball's NBA career? Man, we're going to live every game with him. Like, one game he plays bad, so he's awful. Next game he's good, so he's great. He needs to put on some weight. Um, He's clearly not as athletic as other guys on the court. He's not going to be a high-scoring point guard. Um, But he's going to be fine. His basketball IQ just needs to adjust. Because that was something that was really one of his strengths at UCLA. It's clearly just not there yet because he doesn't have enough time on the NBA floor. Um, He's going to be fine. I still think he has the potential to be an all-star. I'm not ready to write that off because of a couple weeks of basketball. Um, But he, like, the only thing that I'm shocked by is I knew he wasn't that athletic. I had no idea the difference, like, how unathletic he would be compared to the NBA player. Really? You think he's struggling out there physically? I do. I now I, I expected the bullying thing to happen because he's, he's he's wiry. You know what I mean? Like I expected like guys like Patrick Beverly to kind of manhandle him around um, because he is like you know he's still like a kid. Um, I I didn't think the there'd be such a leap like it just like and I don't think this is something he could fix. I think he's just not nearly as athletic as I like this is me as my pre-draft like scouting would go. I thought he was athletic enough. I don't know if he's that athletic. Like, I think maybe he's I, – I can't think of a comparison, but he's not – he's probably in the lower tier of point guards and with point guards or any guards for that matter as far as athleticism goes. Yeah, that, that might be fair. I mean, I you know, you watch him jump and you, you think that there are some things that he could do that, you know, make him not a, a slug athletically speaking. But there, there's a lot that goes into that. And at the same time – Looking bad against Patrick Beverly shouldn't necessarily be a knock. No, not when you're like nine years old. Right, right. <laughs> right. I mean, some of the key takeaways, I think, he's had at least seven rebounds in, in all but one of the games he's played in so far. Uh, he hasn't really done a great job protecting the ball, which scares me, and, and the shooting hasn't really come yet. But I think he's going to be fine. I, I agree with you. We're kind of going to just be living by him each game. I just think people are too quick to call somebody a bust or good, and if Alonso doesn't come out and you know repeat what he did in the summer league, it means he's just not a good player. The Lavar aspect makes it even worse because pe- people want to talk about Lavar more than Lavar is actually shown in your face, which is just the funniest thing. Where people are just like, "God, why don't we have? Why do we have to keep talking about him? Why do we have to keep seeing him? You don't have to keep talking about him. You don't have to keep seeing him. You can ignore him. I promise. Just do what you do with Jason Whitlock. Pretend the guy's not there. We'll all be okay. It'll be an okay situation." I, I, I've enjoyed watching Lonzo a little bit. I wanted him to look a little more assertive in that win against the Wizards, but, I mean, he's going to come and go, and you can't judge him off of one game. Totally. Totally with you. Um, we are definitely going to do that thing where every game is going to be a reaction, overreaction either way. Um, I, as somebody that's previously in this line of work, have done the drafting really heavily. Um, I do think at this point we have to readjust a little bit and think like hey like he's probably like a year or two away of being even close to whatever he's going to be like this isn't going to be Ben Simmons where the athleticism jumps out at you or the skill set jumps out at you I think he's like his best attributes which is going to be it's not yet his basketball IQ his passing he's actually really a good dribbler even though he's not as athletic as I thought like those things aren't going to jump out at the screen so like it's gonna like I feel like what's going to end up happening, and I'm doing super long projection from now, people are going to call him, like, not good, even though he's going to end up being a really good player in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The I, expectations are so high, and because his skill set isn't going to jump out at the screen, 
because he's not going to be dunking over people like Giannis, or he's not going to be doing like super crazy like athletic things. Like people are just going to assume he's not great. Right. Yep. Well, we'll see. I think he's going to be okay. But you know, we we kind of sandwich Lonzo in between uh, Ben Simmons. In between You're Ben. Welcome. You're welcome, Lonzo. In between Ben Simmons and the next guy I want to talk about, who's probably been the second, if not the best rookie so far this season, and not many people expected him to be this good. Obviously, I'm talking about Laurie Markkinen, who's averaging 15.6 points per game, 9.6 rebounds. He's shooting almost 42% from three. Joe, are you surprised with how good Laurie Markkinen's been? I'm not. Go look up those roundtables, baby, at FanRag Sports, where your boy had him being a good player. Um, So, like, defensively, he's still in trouble. Um, but he's exactly who I thought. I think like people that followed him closely thought he was going to be, which was a really, really efficient shooter. Um, he's rebounding at a far better rate than I thought he would, um, because he actually like he rebounded fine in college, but he also got manhandled around the boards a lot. And a lot of his rebounds were like those cheapy ones where they'd be line rebounds, they just fell in his arm. So he's rebounding far better than I thought. Um, he he might be their uh, their franchise player moving forward, um, as long as Bobby Portis doesn't hit him. <laughs> Which, listen, man, I love Bobby Portis coming out of college, too, but, man, he is not to be trifled with. Bobby Portis, I guess, is the closest thing we have. I, I know this isn't about Bobby Portis, but I guess he's the closest thing we have with the Charles Oakley now. And uh, I'm here for it because his eyes make – he's scary. It's it's Halloween, and I want to go as Bobby Portis. Wow. Yeah, you've always been a big Bobby Portis guy. I'm glad that we were able to talk about that, <laughs> despite it not being on the rundown. Arkansas straight from that kid. Oh my goodness. Yeah, poor Nico. Uh, I agree that Laurie Markkinen's probably the franchise player on this team, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or yeah, a bad thing. I that's a good thing either. I think he should be like a team's second or third player, even when he hits the ceiling, but... He's, he's showing promise. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, you're right. He's showing promise, and that's really all we could say at this point. Joe, before we get into our fun closing segments, are there any other rookies that you want to talk about? Uh, what would I want to talk about? Well, that's the thing. Like, I love rookies. Um, not really. Like, here's the thing. Like, I think we touched on the important things. Like, Lonzo Ball, don't overreact. Benson looks crazy. Fultz, there's nothing. He's just hurt. There's nothing wrong with his jumper. Um, the... I don't know how to put this. The only thing I else I'd want to say now is because whenever I go on Twitter, people are just going bonkers about certain guys. Uh, give them a minute to develop, I guess. is We're like two weeks into the season. Let's relax. Oh, Joe with the nuance take. I'm here for it. It's not even nuance. It's just like, hey, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. All right, Joe. That's... As, I, as I just said, Ben Simmons is going to be like, yes. <laughs> Hey, we're here for it, man. You got to go both ways with that stuff. All right, that's that's the end of our basketball sports-y type stuff. I mean, I guess we have some basketball in our AMA or some sports in our AMA, but let's let's do some AMA questions, which we received. AMA, Detroit <laughs> That Every time we say AMA, it makes me think of the Vanilla Ice sign. And not me. I'm not a Vanilla Ice guy, sorry. It, but he says like A1A, Detroit Avenue or whatever he says. I don't know, whatever. That's from like 1990. I'll take your word for it. I think the only vanilla ice I've ever... You're alive. You're of the same age as I. Yeah. I'm... Dude, why do you always feel old? You feel attacked. I'm just saying vanilla ice sucks. This has nothing to do with how old you are. Hot take vanilla ice sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, let's move on because we're doing a long show and I don't want to keep you forever. I know you're busy. You have a big day tomorrow with the launch of your, your Patreon network. Go subscribe now, listeners. Go subscribe to that. rich. Yeah, make him rich, subscribe, pay that dollar. All right, let's do some mailbag AMA questions. Joe, I'm going to read all the questions because I'm the host of the show, and you should just 
You should just answer. All right, the first one is from Trey Zingus, at Trey Zingus, our good friend Trey Teamer. Is it Teamer or Treamer? What do you mean, Teamer Treamer? His last name. Trey actually has a real last name. It's not. Well, I, I don't know Trey had a real last name. All right. I, I, thought, I thought, listen, for the longest time, I didn't follow Trey, and he just always popped in the show somehow, so I just started following him. And I'm like, oh, this, his name's Trey, and he co-opted Porzingis. Well, that's a mistake, not following Trey, so. I do follow Trey. I follow Trey not for, like, ever, but, like, he, when we had the show together, he was always in the AMAs, and I just never really thought about it. And then I was like, oh, I should probably get, like, look at it. And then I, like, I turned out, like, I really like the Knicks wall, and they do amazing stuff. But, yeah, I didn't know Trey had a last name. Good plug. <laughs> oh, he did, but I didn't know what it was. Good plug for the Knicks wall. Good plug for Trey. Trey has a good question. He would like to know the guest thoughts on fighting him. Joe, what are your thoughts on fighting Trey? Well, listen, he must I think he had a sneaky suspicion that... I might have been the uh, guest host because, yeah, I'm on the list of people that want to fight Trey. Um, although this might cool down because the reason I wanted to fight Trey is because whenever I mentioned Marty Gennetti on Twitter, he'd call him trash and then like start talking about Shawn Michaels. Now that I've given up on Marty Gennetti, now that I've killed him <laughs> in the FML portion of the uh, the podcast, I guess maybe I don't want to fight Trey anymore. Um, I know like a lot of other people want to fight Trey. Kevin, our friend Kevin wants to fight Trey. Well, I don't know Kevin's last name. Um, he's a, like one of the scariest dudes on Twitter. You do not want to cross paths with him, but he's a great follow. Um, let's take Clue 24. Yes. And uh, I know Neats from the next wall wants to fight him. Um, so, yeah, maybe I guess I still want to fight him. Do you want to fight him? I don't want to fight Trey. Trey's a good guy. I would never want no, to fight him. No, I know. Nobody actually really wants to fight him. It's just like part of the running. It's like it's part of his shtick. He wants to get people wants to beat him up. Uh, I don't have any beef with Trey. My only like slight beef might be uh, last summer I tweeted out because I burnt my mouth on pizza. So I tweeted out uh, I burnt my mouth on some pizza to the uh, Mike Posner. I took a trip to trip to Ibiza. I didn't even say that right just now. <laughs> I burnt my mouth on some pizza was really what I was trying to say. And Trey kind of called me out on it, but he probably doesn't remember that. I remember it because, you know, people don't forget. It your feelings, yeah. Definitely. Made me feel like a small person. But, in real uh, life, I don't want to fight Trey in Twitter. I'll keep saying I want to fight him. That's fair. Yeah. I, you know, so he might be, like, i never seen a picture of him. He might be huge. No, Trey's not a big guy, I don't think. I don't I'll think. Oh, Trey, add us your uh, measurables. Your measurables. measurables yeah. Your combine score. He's not old enough for the ASL from AOL H sex location joke I was going to make, so I had a. Even though I just forced it in there anyway. You did. You also... AOL's dead. I can't believe that AIM. What's your AIM name, Jerry? Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you're asking this. Uh, I don't want to... I guess I have to now. My first name, (laughs) the first time that I signed up for AOL, okay, I was in, I guess, sixth grade. So the first name... God, this is bad. It's bad. The first name was uh, Snoop Zut 75. That was the first name. <laughs> Snoop Zut. I don't know, man. We made stupid names. They didn't make sense, especially. The- no, my first one. Listen, I think I didn't get the internet until 1998 or 97, and my first screen name. And I have all the shame about saying this, but it's funny. Was Dirty Bird 666 <laughs> because of the Atlanta Falcons Dirty Birds? Remember them? Yeah, I remember Jamal Anderson. I'm not Atlanta Falcons guys either, but. And then the 666, because I was a rebel. Right, yeah, you must have been. Uh, second second screen name for me, I only had two. Second screen name was Ill Demon 7 <laughs> Was that like your graffiti artist name? Yeah, that was my uh, my graph name, because I did that. I can't, draw, I can't draw a circle. I definitely wasn't outside doing graffiti. My second screen na- name, my nickname in high school was Joe Man, like Superman, but Joe Man. It was Joe Man 40 40 because my basketball number. Oh, because when you do 40 oh, it's like 40 ounces. Wow, cool, 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 cool. 40 ounces. 
Cool, cool, little, cool. Little, little extra information in there. That aim screen email that you know other seventeen year olds, sixteen, fifteen year olds probably didn't understand. Wow, you went from six 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 to forty zero. Cool guy. Yeah. Well, the Dirty Bird one didn't last very long because uh, it kind of dawned on me quick how ridiculous I was. But wasn't ridiculous us to do Joe Man forty zero. We only did ridiculous on AOL. AOL did not bring out the not ridiculous in us. All right, let's move on, Joe. Our next question from friend at Jacob Rude. Jacob asks, and I don't think this is going to be a question we spend much time on, which Friday Night Lights character would be most likely to play in a Super Bowl, Joe? Okay, I've only seen the movie. Um, so I'm going to go with Lucas Black, the uh, quarterback, because he was great in Tokyo Drift. He also saved people. And um, the movie about demons with uh, Dennis Quaid when they're at a diner, Legion. So, uh, him. Yeah, I'm striking out on everything you're saying. I did not see Friday Night Lights, the movie. I didn't see Legion. Uh, and I didn't see Friday Night Lights, the show. I watched the pilot twice. I watched the first episode <laughs> twice. Uh, I tried it twice. It just never gave it huh? You know, I watched it once by myself, and then I convinced my wife to watch it with me because I really wanted that to be our show, and she watched it with me, and that was it. We just never got back to it. So <laughs> I guess I'll say Tim Riggins because that's the only name I know. So, uh, yeah, Tim Riggins. He sounds great as well. I bet he plays fullback. Uh, I think he did play fullback. I think he was like the crazy dude on the... His name's Riggins. Right. What else does a Riggins do, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I bet he was a ginger. Was he a ginger? Uh, no. He's played by, uh, Taylor Kitsch from, uh, True Detective Season 2. Taylor Kitsch of many movie failed things. Like what? Name one. I don't know any of them. Wasn't he in, uh, what's the Battleship? I didn't see Battleship. I don't watch bad movies, man. I don't watch movies. I'm pretty sure he was in a bunch of movies that were horrible. Although I actually like Battleship. <laughs> Moving on, our next question. Another friend of the program at Trey Rodriguez NY. Trey Rodriguez. Do you think it's his burner account? This is not his burner account. I mean, it might be. I don't know. I don't know who's. I don't know who's fake and who's real. I don't know who's a lobster or unicorn. Trey Rodriguez asks, "What player has the biggest gap between production and aesthetic pleasure to watch?" You can make this any player, any sport. I'm going to change the rule to that. But I think he was right, talking so about basketball. Like, who's great to watch, but they're actually not like, that good? Or terrible to watch, but they're actually really good. Oh. Um, Go either way. Well, the terrible to watch, but actually really good, Hall of Fame is Jason Kidd. Um, but in modern day versions, or Mark Jackson, too, dribbling the ball with his back to the basket from the other following. I always, that always bothers me about Mark Jackson. Um... Do you have an answer? Because I need a second to think on this. You could definitely think on this. It's not like I emailed you the question and gave you time to prepare for it. Uh, I, I actually I answered. So this is listen, man. This is all the other podcast is to work. You do all the work, and I just show up and not be prepared at all. I like it. I'm happy you're back. Always nice to to have you around and have you unprepared. I, I was answering this with Trey, and I think the winner for this question is Jamal Crawford because it's fun to watch him dribble the ball fancy and cross people over and then brick a three from 27 feet away. I mean, the guy like continuously wins six-man of the year, shooting 30% from the field, so I don't know how it can't be Jamal Crawford. I have an answer. It's going to be football. Is that okay? I'm here for it, bud. All right. Listen, I have no idea how good Carson Wentz is. Um, I know people are starting to like him this year, but he's fun to watch because he actually throws the ball deep. And uh, so in turn, it makes the whole Eagles team the fun one. And I'm not an Eagles fan. My wife is. But yeah, uh, I don't know if he's actually good, but uh, he's fun to watch. He's, one, he's like one of like two quarterbacks. Like he's like Tom Brady's great, but he checks down and done too. Like it's like Carson Wentz 
And like Derek Carr, the only dudes that throw the ball deep anymore. Because I know Alex Smith is going on this weird run this year with him throwing the ball deep, but I don't trust him to do that either. Dude, I'm watching this Texan Seahawks game, and both of these guys are just rocketing the ball downfield. So, uh, oh, they, oh, yeah. Well, Russell Wilson, known gambler of the football. Right, right. <laughs> Right. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's pretty sick, too. I, I understand what you're saying, though. Carson Wentz has been awesome, though. Like, he's fun to watch, and he's fun, and he's, well, like, great. Enough, like, I'm not, like, a football expert, so I, I don't like what people consider who's good and who's bad. Like, Carson Wentz is a ginger. I'm glad that you don't feel comfortable enough with the sport you're talking about, but feel comfortable enough to make a statement about it, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, I couldn't think of an NBA guy, because I feel like Jamal Crawford was a really good one. Um, I was my mind immediately went to two guys that don't play anymore. That's fine. And, yeah, it um, did, and I don't know how you don't consider Jason Kidd fun to watch, but that's fine. I never did. So I, I think my memory like kind of thinks of like old Jason Kidd and just won't let me remember early Jason Kidd. It's one of the I don't know. It's like one of those weird things. Do you ever have that when a player like like you know he was so much better than he actually was? Like uh, Richard Jefferson, like young Richard Jefferson is dynamic. I can't remember any young Richard Jefferson things. <laughs> That's fair. I could definitely understand where you're coming from. All right, let's wrap up the AMAs. We have one last question from at MichaelCastFS. Ask this guest what his favorite kind of sub is. I'm not sure. I, I have to imagine this is talking about sandwiches, right? It is. So um, also somebody that probably figured it was me on the podcast, Michael Castillo. Um, I've gotten on his podcast, Arena Train Podcast, um, which when me and you did the podcast together, I stole their cold open. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a, this is like a dig at me, um, because he asked me what a sub was once and I said, it's a hoagie and, uh, he wasn't happy with that. I mean, sub, hoagie, hero, it's all fine by me. Yeah. It's my, I, I don't get into that regional dialect stuff. If you want to call a soda, a Coke or a pop, I'm fine with it. If you like, whatever, like whatever your dialect is, I think like, I don't think there's any more like regional dialect where people are like, oh, I don't know what that means. I think we all know what everything means now. It's very nice of you, very kind of you to not get into that. Answer the question. What's your favorite sub? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, cold Italian hot meatball. Good answers. Those are really good answers. I I definitely am with you on the cold being Italian. I don't think there's anything even close to it in terms of a cold sub. Uh, in terms of hot, I don't know. I don't I'm, not know. Big che- I'm not a big cheesesteak guy. Cheesesteaks are great. I love them. I, I really... We- that might be a sandwich more than a sub. Then it becomes a whole different discussion. It does, but I'm going to consider it a sub because you should only have it on long hero bread, a cheesesteak. Um, my answer for this, I don't know if you guys do this by you or where they do this, but we definitely do it in New York City and we definitely, definitely do it in Queens. <laughs> you put pizza in your Yeah, pizza, pizza sandwich. We have a bagel sandwich because we're from <laughs> New York. Jerk. Uh, no, we do... We do chicken cutlet heroes. Chicken cutlet heroes are like the big thing over here. So my ideal chicken cutlet sub is, this is bad. I'm fat, guys, all right? I'm fat. If you didn't know, surprise, I'm a fat guy. Uh, Chicken cutlet, ideally on garlic bread, doesn't necessarily have to be on garlic bread with, oh, man, what's the best cheese? I guess mozzarella cheese, brown gravy, and bacon, and onion rings, if you can get that on, too. Yeah, that's what we do. That's why we don't live very long and why I'm, I'm a fat that sounds disgusting. I gotta be honest. <laughs> like at first, I was like, "Oh, okay, this sounds okay." Can't beat and it. And you threw bacon and onions on it. Oh man, you can't beat it. That's it's good with Russian dressing or brown gravy. Either way, can't beat it. What are your thoughts on wheat bread? Wheat bread sucks, but you eat it if yeah, you're trying I'm to. Yeah, I'm with you too. I ha- I have to eat it, <laughs> but I ate it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't enjoy it. We're talking about like bus getting old. I think. Yeah, we're talking about fat guy sandwiches here. You're not going to mention wheat bread. Yeah, I would prefer that. Here, put all this all this awful stuff out here. Make sure it's on wheat bread. Right, it's the guy who gets the salad with his, you know, terrible other meal. Anyway, let's it's nine double whopper juniors and the salad and the diet coke just to be healthy. All right, Joe, I think that's it for our AMAs. We have one last segment on this show. Joe, tell me what that segment is. I'm sorry, guys. You're on point, Joseph. All right, I think I'm going first because I don't trust that you... You know what? Me not trusting you having a good question means you should probably go first. All right. Um, Jared, if you could be told one top secret information type of thing, such as the government knowing about aliens or not knowing, or some other kind of conspiracy theory, what would it be and why? Oh, man. We're talking historically, right? Yeah, like, all time. Like, it could be, like, JFK was really killed by somebody in the grassy knoll. But, like, you're not actually getting the thing you want. You're just getting the information of it. Like, the, the actual truth. What can I do with this information? Can I tell people, or do I have to hold on to it? You can do whatever you want. You can expose it. Expose you can do, it? You can put a blog post, jaredmintzblogspot.com. <laughs> Aliens slept with LeBron James. I mean, you could, you could at least give me my, my right blog spot, jaredmintzisthetruth.blogspot.com. <laughs> Oh, if anybody wants to go read some of my takes from 10 years ago oh my god it's bad it's probably so bad it's probably so gas baggy and poorly written i don't want to go look at that but i do want to answer your absurd question and it's a good one i mean like my first thought and i wish it didn't kind of goes towards like <laughs> the current president and all this russia stuff like you know i would love to know about all his thievery and dishonesty and lying i'm sorry if this offends anybody that listens to the show that i am not a uh He's not sorry that, you know, he offends people that aren't white. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. JFK's a good one, too. Jimmy Hoffa's a good one. I mean... Oh, Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't even think, I didn't even think it was Jimmy Hoffa. I, th- I think if there's anything, like, alien-related, that's what I would want to know. So I can't really give a specific thing. Like, if, if our, you know, government, if they've actually, like, had interaction with aliens, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that... Here's the thing, like, that was where my, like, when I did the question, that's where my mind went, obviously, because I put it in the question. But I think I kind of want that to remain a mystery, because I don't know how my, I can handle it, my psyche. <laughs> and I also don't think, I, like, if it's true, like, if it actually happened, um, I don't think, know if humanity's ready for it. My answer is actually sports-related. I want to know if the envelope in the Patrick Hume draft was frozen or not. That thought crossed my mind, too, but I wouldn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not like the Knicks went on I to be. I prioritized 1985 in whatever year draft over knowing about aliens or JFK <laughs> or Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> no, dude, I was thinking the same thing, but at the same time, like, it's not like the Knicks went out and won seven championships with Patrick Ewing, so it wouldn't, like... How about this one? Um, did Michael Jordan really leave the NBA to play baseball, or is there other reasons? That would be a really good one. That would be a really, really good one. I can't really think of anything else like that. It's also funny that we're defaulting to sports on something that's just, well, like... Like, some of the stuff I don't... Like, honestly, like, if I knew the truth about aliens and say there were... Like, it's great to think that you know about it. I don't think I'd be able to handle it. New answer. Did Bush do 9-11? I'm not asking you to answer that question. That is what I want to know. saying, like, you just didn't. I don't even want to broach that subject. Um, Wow, that's the most controversial. That's where Joan Ardone draws the line, huh? That's kind of 9-11 truthery-ish. Do you even think there might be an answer other than no? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it is. Um, How about... uh, why is the guy from Jeepers Creepers, despite being a pedophile, still directing movies? Uh, who is the guy from Jeepers Creepers? The director. He uh, he also did Powder. Remember the movie Powder? Yeah, I just don't know who he is. 
he's a pedophile. He's a legit pedophile. He's been arrested for pedophilia and uh, still let him make movies. And it actually makes sense now because all his movies are about little, like in Powder, he made the dude a boy who was basically a man, but he didn't go through puberty yet because he has no hair on his body. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's creepy. What do you think about it in the, in the context that he's a pedophile? It is creepy, and I don't, I like... I Jeepers Creepers 3 on my DVR, though, because I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> so I'm a hypocrite. You should have slowed down on Stranger Things, so you wouldn't have to watch Jeepers Creepers 3, but something tells me you would be watching Jeepers Creepers 3 no matter what. I'm a strange very German. Very on brand for you. All right, Joe, my question to you if you could recast any TV show or movie, this isn't an original question, so let me say that, okay? I heard this question somewhere else, and I thought it was perfect for was you. Was that one of our questions? It was not. This is not me re-asking a question. I mean, it sounds like it's probably similar to something we've done before, but if you could recast any TV show or movie with the cast of a different TV show or movie, what swap would you make? Oh, so I have to do a complete swap. Yes, like you would do Breaking like, Bad. Just picking one guy from the show and replay it has to be a complete swap. Everybody. Oh, all right, you go first. Like you would do Breaking Bad with the cast of Mad Men or something. I I don't I don't really have an answer. I know. I got one for you. Yes, you do that and buy me time so I can answer my question. I'm doing this for the sake of absurdity of the optics. The West Wing and The Walking Dead. So the West Wing cast is on The Walking Dead or the other way around? The West Wing cast is on The Walking Dead. I mean, The West Wing was like really well cast, right? Right, yeah. So, um, and I do think The Walking Dead's actors for the most part are good. I would like to see Rob Lowe. Like, and we're talking Rob Lowe in The West Wing, like not Rob Lowe now. Um, you know, in the zombie apocalypse, same with, you know, everybody else there. Uh, I, I always blank out their names, the actors. Um, I only made it through one scene in The West Wing. I really have to watch. I really liked it. So I don't know why I stopped watching it. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to, you know, uh, what's the president's name in the first season? Uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch The West Wing. Was it Char- well, Was it all, Martin they're Sheen? They're all old. Charlie Sheen's dad. Martin Sheen, right. Martin Sheen. Yeah, like, they're all older people. I want to see them in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that sounds ageist, but I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, I... No, I, not ageist. I want to see them, you know, do well. Like, Rob Lowe's not old. Rob Lowe is not old. I wanted, I wanted to do something with the cast of Mad Men, because I think that it's a really well-cast show, and I think I want to put them in The Sopranos. Man, I feel like that's like the same genre. Like you're not taking a leap there. Oh wow! So I got to go different. All right. Ah oh, man. Well, I'm just saying, like, like if you're like, like, like if you want to do like similar-ish stuff, like I get it. Like I could do the forty for hundred with any of the DC TV shows, the Marvel comic TV shows. Do you right. Know what I mean, like, I feel like you could do those kind of things, and there wouldn't be an issue. I think like the fun part here is like the cast of ER going into Seinfeld. Yes, yes, something along those lines. All right, so so I'll switch that up then. I'll take the cast of Kroll's show, and I'll put them on Mad Men, actually. So it would kind of be like Nick Kroll as Don Draper. Thank you. Or even, like, take the league, if that's something more people are familiar with. Like I, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Breaking Bad. Like, put the Sunny guys in Breaking Bad or put the Breaking yes. Bad guys? Ooh. Either way, I think it would work. Who, who is Walter White in that scenario? Is it Charlie? Yeah, it's Charlie. <laughs> Because Dennis is... Charlie's the most versatile, I guess you could say. I don't even know. I mean, that that's actually great. We need to do this now. Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito could be Walter White. Uh, yeah, he could. So, so Dennis already... I am the man who knocks. <laughs> Dennis already has a lot of Walter White quality, I feel like. And I feel like you can make Mac Hank pretty easily. <laughs> I think Danny DeVito winds up being Gustavo Fring is where we wind up going with that. That would be fantastic. Man, I, Danny DeVito's so, so awesome. I love Danny DeVito. 
He is pretty I great. One of those, I hope he's not one of those Hollywood people that turned out to be awful. I really hope so, too. At this point, it's kind of hard to think any of them are an awful. Uh, it seems like they almost all are, and I feel awful for all the women that have been. Wow, that's really negative. Yeah. That's the best way to end our show. Joe with the hot take. Boo Harvey Weinstein. I like it. Um, yeah, man, I don't want to ever end the show because I miss doing the pod with you and I'm really happy that you agreed to come on. And, uh, like I said, I wasn't lying, making it up. Hopefully anybody that listens knows that like, we're really friends. We're not just like a couple of guys that got thrown into a podcast together. You are my brother. I love talking to you every day, even though we're not working on this stuff together. And, uh, I look forward to watching your success before we hang up. Joe, tell the people where they could find you. Tell us what you got going on. What's good with Joseph Nardone? Uh, you can, so on Twitter, I'm at Joseph Nardone. Um, tomorrow, today, you're going to be listening to some Monday Patreon. Um, the links in my bio on Twitter, I'll be tweeting out the day. Going to do daily college basketball coverage because I'm a full-time college basketball writer without a place to pay me full-time, so I'm just going to do it on my own. Um, it's three bucks for a month, three bucks a month. Um, Notebook-style stuff. It's going to be fun stuff. We're going to do non-basketball stuff here and there. Um, listen, in the overview post to Patreon, explain who I am if you're unaware who I am. It's uh, I'm gonna, I'm, it's not even a humble brag. I'm just going to brag about it. My work is what I do. The stuff I do is generally what stuff like CBS, ESPN does. I do coach interviews. I do profiles. I do features. I'm probably your favorite college basketball writer's favorite writer. That's a lie. But <laughs> Well, you're my you're my favorite college basketball writer. So if people are listening to this podcast, that should definitely count for something. Joe, tell the people one more time where they could find you on Twitter and where they should look for your Patreon work. At Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. Also, um, just go in the bio there um, because I don't know how to spell Patreon. Because it's Patreon backslash my name. All right, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com, backslash J-O-S-E-P-H-N-A-R. I hope it's backslash. I'm, I'm, I just said it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now, Joe. I don't I do not do unicorns. We do lobsters on this show. That's Patreon.com backslash Joseph Nardone. Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Unbeatlaborers.com, too. Companion site. I sell merch as well. Unbeatlaborer merch. I'm trying to learn how to design stuff. I'm not very good unpaidlaborers.com joe is very good you heard it here first joe thanks for coming on we'll have you on again sometime really soon thanks jerry man love you you're gonna keep calling it appreciate you having me on love you too buddy Long range, I've been killing on the blacktop. AI cross, sunning rappers like a backdrop. Clock ticking, I'm the one, take the last shot. Couple chairs for him, got your shorty like a mascot. Never ask, I'm just feeling what that ass got. These half nuts at my neck like an ascot. Uh, hundred grand up in my dash, hot with more K's than dash got. You living in a glass box, I'm on point, Steve Nash. Fuck, destroy your track like I'm Hancock. Now I'm pulling tops down like a rag top.